John chapter 9, and in verse 35, the Lord put the question to the man whose physical eyes had been opened, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Our daily round of conversation is often interlaced. It is often spiced with questions. Some are prompted by genuine heartfelt feelings for others. We are genuinely anxious to know of their well-being. Other questions are of an inquisitive nature, of a prying nature. They are designed to extract as much information as possible. Our curiosity has to be satisfied. The question in our text was raised by the Lord. The Lord, of course, never trifled. He never spoke an evil word. Here is the question of questions. It was put to the man who had been born blind. By a miracle, his natural sight had been restored. He who was enclosed in a world of darkness was able to say with deep thankfulness, whereas I was blind, now I see. The Lord who is the fount of every blessing intends to give to this man spiritual sight. Hence the question, dost thou believe on the Son of God? Here is a a vital question. Let it search your own heart. Consider it carefully and answer it this evening. For the salvation of your soul hangs on the proper answer to the question of our text. First of all, we can say it is a plain question. Over the years, some have said to me, I never read the Bible. It's rather hard to understand. It's a difficult book. It's true there are passages in Scripture that are deep. No one will ever comprehend all that is in the Word of God. If that were possible, the individual would be as God himself, and that can never be. But I always emphasize to the person reasoning along those lines that when it comes to the way of salvation, the scriptures are crystal clear. A wayfaring man, though a fool, may not err therein. Here is a question, as we would say, as plain as day. It's so plain and straightforward that it warrants an answer. Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you trusted in him for the salvation 
of your soul. Has there been a moment, a time in your own experience when you prayed like one of old, my faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine, now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly thine. Israel, in their exodus from Egypt, behind them they saw Pharaoh and his hosts. They were in hot pursuit. Before them lay the Red Sea, ready to devour. Child of God, here is a picture of yourself when you were without Christ. You saw God's justice pursuing you for your sin. And ahead lay hell with its bottomless pit ready to devour. And you could see no deliverance, no help within yourself. You felt that you must perish unless you found help in another. And the Lord Jesus Christ was preached to you and you saw him high and lifted up on Calvary's tree. You saw him as suffering for your sins, enduring the judgment due to you. And there you looked to him, trusted in his finished work, believed you put your faith in him for the salvation of your never-dying soul. And so many can answer the question in this meeting, yes, I have believed, I have trusted on the Son of God. And you can very well put your faith to the test. It's a living faith. It's a reality. Peter, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 7, he can say, Unto you therefore which believe. He's speaking of someone who has trusted the Savior. Unto you therefore which believe. He is precious. And that's how it is in your heart between you and the Lord this evening. He's precious. We think of the bride in the Song of Solomon. Solomon and she's a, a wonderful portrayal of a believer. And in the Song of Solomon chapter 5 and verse 9, the daughters of Jerusalem came with this question, what is thy beloved more than another beloved? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another beloved? And they're really searching for an answer. They are pressing her for an answer. And there follows a full-length portrait of the preciousness and of the value 
of the Lord to this dear soul. And she reaches a great climax in the verse 16. She says, his mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And that's how you feel concerning Christ in this service. You love and prize him above all besides. With Paul, you enter in when he counted all things in comparison to the Lord, but done as the offscarring of all things. You have this witness to the reality that you have trusted him. He's precious to you. You have another witness believer within. For faith is a purifying grace. Peter speaks of Gentile converts there in Acts 15 and verse 9. And he says, they have purified their hearts by faith. Something wonderful has happened. Their hearts deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. They have been purified. And isn't it the reality that you love what you once hated? And you hate what you once loved. You love righteousness and you hate sin. And furthermore, faith works obedience. There in Hebrews 11 and verse 8, we learn that by faith Abraham obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, faith within his heart, it wrought obedience in his ways, in his walk. What wilt thou have me to do is your heart cry. You delight to run in the way of the Lord's commandments. So you have these evidences of your trust, of your faith, saving faith in the Son of God. And if that is not the case, then you must answer the question in our text in the negative. And you have got to say, I, I have not believed in Jesus Christ. And maybe it's stronger than that. Maybe there's someone here and you're saying, I will not believe. I will make my way to heaven on the ladder of my own efforts and merits. I will not be saved. Why is it? that you will not believe in the Son of God? This plain question, give it a straight answer. Write down all, all the reasons why you will not trust the Lord. Put it in black and white as to why you will treat the Lord as the stone which the builders rejected. 
a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to you. The Lord is described in the word as the desire of all nations. And here you are, hardening your heart against him, refusing to receive him. Have you any valid reasons as to why that is the case? It's a plain question. But secondly, it's a personal question. Do you see how personal the Lord made the question? He gets very close to this individual and he puts it so straight and personal to him. He looked into the newly opened eyes of this man and put it directly to him. Dost thou believe? on the Son of God. Very often, congregations are addressed today as all being Christians, as all being God's children. No exceptions are noted. Well, the Lord dealt with this person in a very individualistic way. He brought it home personally to the heart of the man. And we have that occasion in John 3 when the Lord met up with the most religious person, Nicodemus. And there's a, a personal application to his heart. John 3 and verse 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's so personal, directed straight to Nicodemus. In verse 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. I must put it to you, have you believed? on the Son of God for salvation. God deals with us all personally, as personally as Nathan dealt with David in the matter of the sin with Bathsheba. Nathan, he pointed to David, and he said ever so straightforwardly, Thou art the man. Thou art the man. When it is your appointed time to depart this life, you will not send a substitute. You must cross Jordan alone. And we, we see from Romans 14 and verse 12 that every one of us shall give account of himself to God, a personal account as to what one has done with the Son of God. Pilate, he faced up to his personal responsibility. He cried out, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? 
We know that Pilate rejected the Lord and perished in his sin. But what will you do? In Coleraine FPC are listening to this service this evening on the internet. What will you do? Neutral you cannot be. One day your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? But in the third place, we can see that it's a primary question. Really, there's no question like this one. None so important. All the blessings of the gospel, they are received by faith. Do we live? Have we spiritual life pulsating within us? We live by the faith of the Son of God. Do we walk in the paths of righteousness? We walk by faith. Do we stand accepted with God in the beloved? We stand by faith. There is no justification apart from faith. Romans 5 and 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's no hope without saving faith. Peter can say of the Lord, in whom believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is no salvation without faith. By grace are ye saved through faith. How was the woman with the issue of blood made whole? We'll turn for a moment to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, and the verse 34. And Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. She was made whole by faith. At first, we see in verse 28 that she reckoned, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Did the woman think that there was some magical power in the Lord's garments? So many are misguided. They place their faith in images in water, in ordinances, in priests and ministers, in holy relics. They turn to churches rather than to Christ. The message to the Philippine jailer, to his troubled heart, was straight and plain. Believe, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Under the law, from what we read in Leviticus chapter 15 and verse 7, one who touched a person 
with an issue was defiled. Leviticus 15 and verse 7. He that toucheth the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be clean, be unclean until the even, the evening. This woman in Mark 5, she touched the Lord, but she did not defile him. The Lord Jesus Christ is holy and harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. He is the impeccable Christ. The sinless one. And he who knew no sin, he alone was fitted to be the sin bearer. All our iniquities, Isaiah tells us, were laid on him. All our sins were made to meet on him. And he made that perfect atonement by the shedding of his blood. And if you will confess, acknowledge your sins to Christ, you will find that he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you are unbelieving, you are breaking God's command. For John tells us in 1 John 3 and verse 23, this is God's commandment that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. The divine commands are to be obeyed and you cannot please God while you refuse to obey the gospel. He that believeth not is condemned already. And if you remain as you are, your soul must perish in its unbelief. During the time of famine in Samaria, Elisha, when things were at their worst, he said in 2 Kings 7 verses 1 and 2, that within 24 hours there would be plenty of provision. A measure of fine flour would be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. The king's right-hand man did not believe a word that the prophet spoke. In jest, in mockery, he said to Elisha, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? In other words, he was saying impossible. It cannot happen. And Elisha said, you will see it with your eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so as the flour and the barley was being sold in the gate of the city, in the mad stampede to get some of it, the king's servant was crushed to death 
Can't you see that his unbelief was his ruin? And so will it be with you. He that believeth not shall be damned. That truth stands as firm as he that believeth shall be saved. In Revelation 21 and verse 8, we see that the unbelieving are listed among the lost in the lake of fire and brimstone. Oh, here is a question, and by your answer to it, your soul will stand or fall forever. Some of you have gone on in unbelief for years. Sermon after sermon has fallen on your ears. Oh, beware lest your heart becomes hardened in unbelief and you die in your sins and perish. But finally, it's a pressing question. The Lord pressed this question on the heart and mind of this man. Questions are asked with a view that they be responded to, that they be answered immediately. And there was an instant response. Look at the chapter, John 9, verse 36. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Along with Simeon, he could now say that his eyes had seen God's salvation. Christ is the Savior of the world. He has been lifted up before you as the one who has power on earth to forgive sin. His blood blood has been preached as having power to wash your heart black with sin, whiter than the snow. His blood has power to justify you freely. You have looked on the lamb for sinners slain. But will you linger and halt and wait and say, not tonight, always tomorrow? A man standing in close proximity to Niagara Falls, he watched an eagle swoop on the carcass of a lamb floating along, encased in a block of ice. And now and again, the eagle lifted its head, looking around as if to say, I I am drifting on toward the precipice, but there's time yet. I will fly away and make good my escape before it is too late but not just now. And when the bird reached the edge, it spread its powerful wings 
and attempted to soar into the sky. But while it was feeding on the carcass, its feet had frozen solid to the fleece. It shrieked and cried. It beat its majestic wings frantically, but to no avail. It went over the great waterfall to its death. The man in John 9 responded instantly. He said, Lord, I believe. I'm trusting only thee. Trusting only thee. Because there is wrath, beware, lest he take thee away with his stroke. Then a great ransom cannot deliver thee. David was giving his testimony there in Psalm 40. And he could say in the fourth verse, blessed, the word means happy. Happy is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Will this be your happy day? Will this be the red letter day in your life? When you flee to the cross, to the crucified one, to the Lamb of God that beareth away the sin of the world. In the words of Isaiah 28 and verse 16, God could say, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste, or he that believeth shall not be confounded. Oh, here is the way of salvation. Believe, trust, receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. Repent, break off with your sin and come to the one who has said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Oh, I pray that this will be the night of your soul's salvation and you will know from personal experience what a blessing it is to make the Lord your trust. Let us bow together in prayer, please. And as we're bowed in the presence of the Lord, anxious soul, we long that this night will be the night of nights. It will be the night when you come to that final decision to make the Lord your salvation, your hope for the great eternity. Though millions have come to the cross 
there's still room for one. There's room for you at the cross. Do make your need known to the Christian that you're with in the service, to the elders in the congregation, to myself at the door, but do not go away as you came, a lost soul. Our gracious God, our loving Father, how we thank thee for the one who made an end of sin for all for whom he died, who purchased a perfect righteousness for all for whom he laid down his life. Oh, how we praise thee that the work of the cross is complete, it is finished, and there is life for a look at the crucified one. Thou hast said in thy word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, we pray that this night there will be that prayer from the heart, the heart cry, God be merciful to me, the sinner. Oh, bring others to thyself and glory to thy great name. And Lord, part us in thy fear and with thy blessing and keep thy hand for good upon all of our lives and upon the work and witness here. Do it good in thy good pleasure. Lord, establish further what thy hand has wrought here in cold rain. So remember us, Lord, and grant thy blessing. We ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen.